You're listening to the Nate Lull Podcast. Download each new episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And now, here's Nate. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Nate Lull here for the Nate Lull Podcast. Glad to have you back for a Sunday edition for episode 22. And our guest is 2019 Skenevis grad Alexis Holtz. Of course, Skenevis is in the Tri-Valley League, and, and I'm a small school guy. I'm not afraid to admit that. I was in the Tri-Valley, went to GMU, so I like going out, covering the small schools in Class D. It's one thing that I really enjoy. So finding an athlete like Lex out there is uh, is fun because she could have played at any level locally and was just an absolute star, especially in soccer and softball. She always really, really impressed me. So now playing soccer at Buffalo State, a Division three school out in the SUNYAC in western New York. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll look back on her memories of uh, her sports and her time at Skinevis. And, and one thing we dive into here is that she has compartment syndrome, and that's a condition that is affecting the muscles in your legs. So we get to hear a lot about that and how she's been battling with it and hopes to get back on the soccer field uh, this upcoming fall for Buff State. But just a great attitude about it. Uh, the injury didn't stop her at all, and she's still really enjoying her time in college and doing what she can to get back out into the field. So it's, it's great to hear. We also look back on her time in the Tri-Valley with soccer and softball and all the great things that she did. I mean, All-State in soccer. She had a, a great senior year. Second team All-State in soccer. Daily Star Player of the Year for softball her senior year, and the numbers just jump off the page. And she was just one of those athletes that if you were a coach, you'd want her on your team. Because if you asked her to score the game-winning goal, she could do it. If you asked her to lock somebody up on defense, she could also do that. If you told her to go run through a brick wall, she would do it for you. It's just fun to watch athletes like that who just will do anything it takes to win, do anything it takes to help out the team. And and she's great on the field and off the field, involved in a lot of clubs and activities, uh, a great student, and uh, so excited for her to continue her college soccer career out at Buffalo State. And we'll hope the best for her next year. Of course, want to thank all our special sponsors. And hey, folks, I, I got to laugh about this one. Our new sponsor to add to the list, New York Pizzeria of New Berlin. Last week, we had Zach Thompson, who's a UV guy, who uh, is now the Delhi men's basketball coach over at SUNY Delhi, And then Catherine Johnson from Edmiston, the great longtime pitcher for the Panthers, both mentioned New York Pizzeria as some of their favorite places to eat when we asked that question in the podcast. So connected with New York Pizzeria this week, and they were totally on board. They've been sharing the podcast and promoting it on their Facebook page. Uh, Just great pizza. If you're over in that neck of the woods, just a great atmosphere, great food overall, great people. So stop by there. New York Pizzeria in New Berlin, a proud new sponsor of the Nate Law Podcast. Shout out to them. Of course, our other special sponsors include Hancock Telephone and Hancock Video and ProNet. They want to give a shout out to their subscribers and customers who continue to support them in these trying times. We also have the Delaware National Bank of Delhi, Certified Financial Planner Ed Curley, Clark Sports Center of Cooperstown, Gilbert Plumbing and Heating of Gilbertsville, NYCM Insurance of Edmiston, Shenango Memorial Hospital of Norwich, Northern Eagle Redemption Center of Oneonta, Shandello Federal Credit Union of Franklin, Preferred Mutual Insurance Company of New Berlin, the Amphenol Corporation of Sydney, Sports Field Specialties of Delhi, SFCU, the Leatherstocking Group of Cooperstown, they are your registered mortgage brokers, C.H. Landers Funeral Chapel of Sydney, the Franklin Railroad Museum, A.O. Fox Hospital and their Tritown Campus in Sydney, Benson Agency Real Estate of Oneonta, Huff Ice Cream of Sydney, Marabito Gresham Insurance, 
Circle of Life Ambulette of Hobart, Premium Mortgage Corp Loan Officer David Smith, and Certified Auto Outlet of Oneonta. Big shout out to Certified. They have been really, really supportive during these times. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, uh, new to you, I should say, vehicle, stop over and see them. They are still helping out customers uh, during these tough times. So big thank you to Certified in Oneonta. So episode 22, let's get into it, folks, here on the Nate Law Podcast. 2019 Skenevis grad Alexis Holtz. Thanks so much to her for spending some time with us. And again, I hope you're having a great weekend out there, folks. Enjoy this episode. Here we go. Episode 22 of the Nate Lull Podcast, a little Sunday night edition here, and uh, I'm your host, Nate Lull, as always, and today we are joined by 2019 Skenevis grad Alexis Holtz, now playing soccer at uh, at Buff State, and it was 2019, right, Lex? I mean, uh, I'm not losing track of time, am I? No, it's 2019. It's crazy. Time flies. Yeah, it's. Uh, it felt like you were at Skenevis forever, and watching you play soccer, softball, basketball, you were kind of a jack of all trades there, but uh, now you're playing soccer at Buffalo State, and, and before we get into all that and look back at your high school career, I, I would normally ask you, like, hey, how was your freshman year of, of playing soccer at Buff State? You were on the team, but you went through some, some health issues with compartment syndrome, and it's something that you and I have talked about, and I've learned a lot about it from you, and I was hoping that you would share your story today, first off, by telling us what exactly it is. Yeah, of course. So basically, there's muscle, you have muscles, and there's fascia that surrounds it. When you exercise, your muscles are supposed to expand, but my muscles were expanding, but the fascia was like keeping them, like contracting themselves, so I couldn't expand. So like I would feel like I couldn't walk after doing like a couple minutes of uh, exercise. It was tough. I was dealing with it for about like a year, and then it kicked in hard for preseason. And so was this, when you were at Skenevis, I know it was something that was starting to kind of show up then. I mean, where was like the first time that you really knew that something was wrong? Well, it kicked in, I would say, my senior year of basketball season. But I thought it was maybe just cramps and like, um, just like tightness from like not stretching properly. So like I would always roll my calves out. And I started to notice it became like a big issue at the end of basketball season. When I hit softball season, it didn't really bother me because it wasn't long running in softball it's just like short distance so it didn't really bother me then and then over the summer I kind of like tried to take care of it and like kind of rest at the same time and then preseason for soccer definitely obviously is not the same as high school sports it's more like in depth with exercises and it definitely kicked in harder there and that's when I knew my coach knew that I should get it checked out because of just seeing me in pain he knew it wasn't tightness or anything like that. And the trainers thought it was something more too. So got it checked out and I actually did have something wrong with me. When I looked it up a little bit, uh, researching this for the podcast, I mean, swelling is a big thing, a lot of pressure and it decreases blood flow. So, you know, your muscles and nerves aren't getting what they need. And some of the side effects I'm reading, you know, pins and needles, deep ache, Mm -hmm. numbness, swelling, tightness. I mean, what are the things that you felt when you were, uh, you know, trying to take care of this? It was definitely a lot of swelling, numbness. It got to a point where I would only have to do at least a couple minutes of running and then all of a sudden it would just kick in and I'd have to stop. And I don't know, it was like a lot of swelling, a lot of numbness. 
pins and needles I felt a couple times and just like very like tightening. So they gave me an option to get the surgery, get it fixed, and hopefully it will fix it or not get the surgery and kind of push through the pain. But I would also have a chance of, because this would ruin, this ruins your muscles basically if you don't like get it taken care of. So I've thought of surgery as like probably my best option if I want to keep playing and Hopefully, I haven't really, I'm still doing PT right now, so I'm hoping that once I get it back into soccer that this will be something that goes away. So when did you have the surgery, and uh, can you explain a little bit about what they go in and do to try to relieve some of that pressure? So I had my surgery, I think it was November 26th of 2019. It was, I think it was that week before Thanksgiving, and so basically they went in, so They noticed it was only in two of my compartments, but they did all four in both legs just in case. So basically they go in and they cut my fascia. And when they cut my fascia, my muscle like bursted out of it because it was so compacted. Yeah, it was pretty disgusting. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I have like a couple incisions on each leg. But yeah, they basically just go in, cut your fascia to relieve some of that pressure. And I don't know, I'm hoping it helps. (laughs) Yeah, we're all hoping for a for a good recovery for you because of just the bright future I think you have ahead with college soccer and playing for Buff State. But you know, when you hear the word compartment syndrome, the first time you hear it, it to me it's, it doesn't sound like something that would have to do with like your legs or anything. And it's very rare. Yeah. There's fewer than twenty thousand cases in the U.S. per year, so it's considered very rare. What did you think the first time you heard that word? I was kind of confused. Before I went to the doctors, the trainer's like, well, you might have compartment syndrome, but we're not positive because at first they thought it was stress fractures. They thought that was stress fractures in my like shins that was going to the back of my calves. But then they were like, you might have this, but we're not positive. So I did some research on it. I was like, oh, that sounds like what I have. And then when I did go to the doctors, they did some testing and the testing was awful. You had to go and run until you started feeling like the symptoms and then they had to stick needles into your compartment to test it like the pressure and if it was over a certain number I can't remember what the number was but then that means that you have the compartment syndrome and out of four compartments on each leg I had them in at least two or three of them. Wow so when they say compartments uh, I don't know if you can explain that a little better on just like where would they be sticking those needles is it more like is the pain up by your shins? Is it in the back of your leg, uh, back by your calf, uh, behind the knee? Where exactly do you start feeling that pain? So the compartments are like where your calf is, but a little like on the on on both sides to get to the compartments. I'm not exactly sure exactly where they are, but I think they're like in like the middle of your leg in the back. So they have to like stick the needles through like the sides to get to the back. <laughs> it's pretty pretty gruesome actually yeah I just about it yeah I, I give you all the credit in the world for for dealing with it and what was interesting to me was you're at Buff State you're far from home you know you're four and a half five hours from home out there and you don't get to do the thing that you love and not the only reason you went there obviously but soccer is a big part of your life and, and now you're sidelined how how tough was that and, and what was the coaching staff and the team like were they pretty supportive to help you get through that uh, that fall semester yeah, it was it was tough. When they first said that the cert, that if I had to get surgery, I would be out probably for the remainder of the season. I actually didn't even get to I only got to play in two preseason scrimmages and that's about it. I was pretty bummed because I was excited. The coaches were excited. My teammates were excited because I met all the girls prior and 
everyone's like, oh, we can't wait to play with you. And the coaches and my teammates were pretty supportive. They still made me feel like a team and like being a part of that. And I was able to sit on the sideline and still watch games. I was able to travel. It was a lot of fun being on the sideline, but it would have been more fun playing, obviously. Now, it's always interesting to me to hear why certain athletes choose to go to certain places. And I think, for at least for our local athletes, you don't hear of many going to Buffalo or Buffalo State out there. You know, and I know you probably had some options to stay closer to home, but where else were you looking and what ultimately led you to head out to Western New York? I looked at St. Rose and nearby colleges like Cortland and uh, I looked at New Paltz, but I don't know. I think what drew me the most to Buffalo was the area and the, the coaching staff and the school in general. It was not like a clicky school. There was always activities going on. You were always involved and everyone was a family there. I like the family aspect because I'm a big family person. So, and I already, I made friends the first day. We're still friends today. And I think that's what drew me to Buffalo the most. I, uh, my first job out of college, I actually spent for almost five years in Buffalo. And and I went in with all the stereotypes of, oh, it's a a terrible place and the weather's terrible and it just snows, you know, 12 months of the year. And after a couple of months, I I was pretty sold on Buffalo. And when I left, it was a hard place to leave. I really, really enjoyed my time there. And I was just wondering if you could speak to that, if you had the same experience. And I actually spent a lot of time at Buff State and that whole Elmwood area there is just Really amazing. I I didn't know if you uh, had the same feelings. It is cold. It is very cold in the winter. We we actually didn't get a lot of snow like upstate New York did. Yeah, I love it there. There's so much to do, and I'm actually sad that we had to come home. I was having such a great semester, and I miss my friends. I miss the college life. (laughs) I would say the worst thing there is the wind. The wind always got me. Yes. The wind is really bad. Yeah, the wind was, was worse than the snow, I felt like, there. And, yeah, it's it's cold and stuff, but uh, I really enjoyed it. So I think Buffalo gets a bad rap for sure. So let's look back on your, your high school career, four years of varsity soccer, four years of softball, three years of basketball. And I wanted to have you on because I think some of my listenership is big time into the MAC, and they might not know a Tri-Valley school like Skenevis that's a little farther out on the edge and I've always compared you to, like, the Tri-Valley version of Anna Post. Like, you could play any position, you're tough as nails, mm-hmm. you can play any sport, and soccer was always your thing, and you had a ton of success. So looking back on your soccer years, like, do you have a favorite memory or uh, anything like that from your time at Skenevis? I think my favorite memory was probably when we would have games, just the community support we had. Every family would come in Skenevis, Worcester. It was always always packed at our games. There was always support, no matter if we were winning or losing. Everyone was a family communicating and stuff like that. It was very nice to have that and see that on the sidelines. It was nice to play in that kind of atmosphere. Not many schools have a lot of people that are supportive sometimes of the sports. Sure, no, I, I totally agree. And anytime I'm in, in Skenevis for a game, the support from the community is always great. You know, your senior year, your second team All-State, 17 goals, 5 assists. And I just wondered what it was like for you those last, maybe your junior, senior year, to get to play with a player like the young up-and-coming Angelina Compatello, who she was third team All-State, you were second. And just that, that one-two punch that you guys kind of put together had to be a lot of fun. Oh, my God, she's amazing. I I love Angie. She's just, she, when she first came, I think it was seventh grade. I think I was in 11th grade. 
I was fascinated. I was like, wow. I was at a loss for words. Her and Taylor, like, they were both so young, and I was really shocked at how well they adjusted to being in a faster-paced game and just adjusting to the team very well. And I loved playing with Angie and Taylor. Like, I loved them so much. <laughs> yeah, Angie and Taylor Knapp, like you said, uh, and Skenevis, uh continues to have great success in soccer. And that kind of leads me down this, this side road of, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Skeneva Sports. Nobody really does um, next year if they'll have sports, if they'll have to merge with Worcester or somebody else, or the kids will have to, to go to different schools. It's just a, a financial situation with the school. And, and how do you feel for those girls and kind of the uncertainty that they're facing right now? I feel awful because they're not going to be able, I'm hoping they still get the same experience I did when I went to Skenevis, but I don't know. The way it's looking right now, I, I just I feel sad for them because I I didn't have to deal with this, and Skenevis was a great place for me, and I wish, I hope, and I wish that they get the same experience I did with playing sports and being able to call yourself a dragon and being able to stay at the school and graduate from Skenevis. Yeah, it's uh, it's strange times for sure, and and as a former player, and you're just you know, just coming out of school, like, what do you think the best situation or the best solution might be that that you would like to see for the athletes, at least from that sports perspective? I know that's a hard thing to comment on, but, like, what do you think would be the best thing? Is, is it merging with Worcester for sports or trying to stay as Skenevis or letting the kids go wherever they want? Like, what do you think is best for the athletes right now? I think I would, I would love to see Skenevis stay Skenevis and not have to merge with anyone, but... Worcester's pretty good players also, like we got Delmar and all of them. So it would actually it wouldn't be bad to see our girls merge with Worcester girls for a season, but I would love to see Skenevis stay like as Skenevis. I think that's how a lot of people feel around the league and you know, I'm a Tri Valley guy having gone to GMU and you just hate to think that uh that one of the teams in the league might not be there. So that's a it's a scary thought. So yeah. But speaking of the Tri-Valley, like, who did you consider to be your biggest rival when you were in school? And it can be for any sport. Like, is it Worcester just because you're so close and there's always that fun rivalry of being five miles apart, or was it somebody else? I definitely thought it was Worcester. It, always with the games, no matter it was soccer, softball, basketball, it was always packed. There was always student section for Worcester and for Skinnevis, and we would always go back and forth no matter what sport it was. I feel like it was always Worcester that was our biggest rival, and it is just because they're down the road, like, they're only, like, five miles from us. It's always fun when we play Worcester. Everyone always looks forward to it, and it's something that I definitely miss. Let's transition to softball, and you were last year's Daily Star Player of the Year as a pitcher and center fielder. Uh, you guys went 16-3, and three, had a really good year. You hit 478, and, and the numbers are really great with, like, 32 RBIs, 46 runs. You went six and one in the pitcher's circle. I feel like you're known for soccer, but like softball was right there. You were really good, and was that kind of like your second love? Yeah, I, I love softball too. I actually thought about playing two sports in college, but I'm a bio major, and that's a lot of work with labs and everything. So I felt that I kind of would have been bombarded with schoolwork, and I would have been really, I would have been more stressed. So I did, I did think about playing softball um, for sure in college. But, yeah, softball was my second after soccer. You did get that Tri-Valley League championship in softball your junior year. That had to feel pretty good to, to raise that banner. I know any Tri-Valley kid will get that reference. You don't get a trophy 
or anything like that, you get that banner, and, and holding that up had to feel pretty good. Yeah, it was, oh, it was it was an amazing feeling. I wish we got it for soccer, too, but I think it was back in 2012, the last time I got a banner. It was nice to be able to bring that home and see it in our school and being like, oh, I was a part of that. And that's another thing I wanted to ask was you guys were so close in soccer a couple of times. Do you look back on those and, and just it's always going to be a painful memory or is it just those seasons were so good in general that you'll you'll always look back on it fondly? I think it's both. I definitely think that it, it was a great memory to be able to say like, oh, we got there. But it also would have been nice to be like, yeah, we got the banner also. But I got one for softball and I'm, I'm pretty happy with how far we got in all my seasons playing soccer, basketball, softball. It was definitely a great experience and I hope that these kids in Skinevis get the same experience and be able to maybe raise a banner one day. Now, I know some of your extended family had some great success with Skinevis sports. Uh, when you guys get together for holidays or dinners, like, uh, is everybody reminiscing and kind of saying, well, my team did this or my team did that? Like, Do you have any of that in your family? A little bit, yeah. My uncles were pretty big in, well, my one uncle was pretty big in baseball with strikeouts and everything like that, so... In softball, we were, I was a pitcher and he was a pitcher for baseball, so it's kind of like to compare stats and be like, oh, I had this many strikeouts. Well, I had this many strikeouts. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't want to skip ahead, but since you brought up your uncle here, I, if I'm not mistaken, one of your uncles owns Toscana in, in Oneonta, am I correct? Yes, that's my uncle, Angelo. So I thought, hey, when I ask her, when I ask Alexis the the food question, like if you don't say Toscana for your favorite restaurant, like are you gonna get in trouble or? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I recommend it to everyone because it's I always go there. I always get the penne al vodka. It's, it's it's amazing. I don't know. I love going there. I do go other places, but I recommend always Toscana. I love Toscana. So there's Oneonta and Cooperstown. Is, is your uncle involved, or does he own both? So my uncle owns one in Oneonta, Toscana, and then he owns Hill City in Oneonta. And then my Joseph's family owns the one in Cooperstown. Okay. Wow. Hill City Grill is also another favorite of mine. So yes. <laughs> you have some tough choices there on uh, on what your favorites could be. So that's, re- that's really cool. My question was, because I've never eaten there, but when I'm in Skenevis and I always go by, like, is the Chief Skenevis, the, the restaurant, the diner in town, like, is that a spot that, that you've been to a lot over the years? Oh, yes. I would go there. So if we had late practices for basketball, we would go there, go get food, and then we would come back up to school and hang out, or we would go after practice and stuff like that. I def- it's definitely a good spot here in Skinnevis to have. It definitely brings a lot of, when city people come through, they always come and eat at the Chiefs, and the pastries are so good. <laughs> Okay. All right. That uh, I'm definitely stopping next time. Then I've come so close, and I've always had to like, maybe I'm in a rush to go somewhere else, and I just I haven't had the time. So now I'll stop, and I'll make sure. Definitely I get a worth it. It's definitely worth the drive. That's good. That's good. Uh, going back to the compartment syndrome, I remember last year when we were chatting about it, and when I first learned about it, um, I had also heard and talked to Taylor Hansen, a Norwich grad, graduated last year, now plays basketball at Geneseo. She had had something very similar. I believe hers was in her upper legs, though, more like uh It was in her quad. Yeah, quad. So did you ever have a chance to talk with her and connect and, and talk about that? Yeah, I did, actually. I did get to ask her some questions on it. I asked her, like, just, like, how she got it, and it was the same, just sports and running. It's common in athletes, and she definitely had the same symptoms. And But the nice thing that I 
heard was that she recovered and she doesn't have it anymore. So I'm hoping with that being said that it's the same for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure she had the surgery and she came back and finished out her high school career. She had it more like maybe sophomore year of high school and now playing college basketball. So, I mean, the, the future is definitely good. Do they kind of put any numbers on that when you have the surgery to say like, okay, this you have a this percent chance of of coming back and being able to do, like, full-on soccer activities? I went to a doctor that works with, like, the big Buffalo Bills and stuff like that, and he's seen a lot of this, and he said every case that he's had didn't have it anymore and come back stronger and better, so that was a good sign to hear. I'm excited. I'm hoping. I'm still doing PT right now, but I'm hoping to be back in full swing come this fall. Oh, that's great. Definitely great. So I wanted to ask you one other soccer question, and that was, I know you played a lot of travel soccer, and were there any other local players uh, from around that were on your team that you really bonded with? I know you're you're tight with some of the girls uh, that you played travel with. That I think a lot of them played in the MAC, correct? Uh, yeah. Oh, I love Anna Post and um, Adriana Cece, both from Delhi. I love playing with them on my travel team, and the Seguises, obviously, and Oh, I loved playing with them. It was so much fun. Me and Anna both have the same mindset when it comes to soccer, so it was kind of just like bam, bam, in the goal. It was nice to play with her because I couldn't play with her in school. So it was nice to be able to play with them on a travel team. Oh, that's funny that I, I had Anna Post come to mind and compared you to her, uh, and, and you guys were good travel buddies. So I, that, that would be a deadly team having you two on there together. Yeah, it was so fun playing with her. My last question here is if you could have a, a dream year next year and you go back and get healthy, like uh, what would that look like for you? Is it just getting out there and, and just being happy to play again? Yeah, I just uh, it killed me not being able to play this past season because soccer is something that I've always been passionate about. Even since I was born, I would always get up and kick a ball. So I'm just hoping to be able to come back bigger and stronger and just be able to play and have fun and be able to play with my new teammates and being able to be coached by such a great coaching staff and be able to say I played soccer in college. And I just can't wait. Yeah, we're wishing you the best of luck. So class of 2019, Skinevis grad Alexis Holtz now plays D3 soccer in the SUNYAC at Buff State. Hey, thanks for joining us today, and uh, we'll be keeping an eye on you in the future for sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is Nate Lull, episode 22 in the books for the Nate Lull podcast. Thanks for joining in for a little special Sunday edition. We'll have a lot more coming up this week, so stay tuned on the Nate Lull Podcast. You've been listening to the Nate Lull Podcast. Download each new episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.